Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis solo here for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can check out all my work, ScoutFantasySports.com, our Fantasy Baseball Draft Kit is live right now. In-depth team outlooks from Sean Child. His latest look is at the Washington Nationals as he's completed the American League, now going through the NL East. And I'm taking a look at free agents and what is their value now with their new teams. Uh, several players up, A.J. Pollock, Yasiel Puig, Sonny Gray, Nelson Cruz, and a ton more. And also player profiles, including Steven Strasburg, Jesus Aguiar, and a lot more. So check it out. Enter the promo code BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months. Got a lot to get to in the hour. We'll have Matt Modica coming up in the next segment, talking fantasy baseball. I'll go over my thoughts for the NBA DFS slate to close out the show. But joining me now once again, because it's a busy day in the NBA, it is Frank Stanfield, FNTSY. Frank, what's up? Ronis, what's going on, man? A lot has changed since we last spoke. Oh, my goodness. It seems to happen now. It's like last week you came on. We were talking about the Knicks and the Porzingis. And as soon as the segment ended, he was traded to Dallas. And obviously we spoke yesterday, and a ton has happened since then. So, you know, you're probably like me because we're big NBA fans. And I feel like sometimes the NBA gets knocked a lot. And I hear people say, well, it's not interesting. The Warriors are going to win the championship. I mean, the NBA has got so much drama, soap opera, these trades. It's still very entertaining, even though the Warriors are more than likely going to win the championship. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we can still enjoy the uh, the regular season for now. You know, I really like watching the young players develop. I think that's what's most exciting for me. I mean, I've been a Knicks fan my whole life, so it's pretty much all I've been doing is watching <laughs> young players develop or, you know, the hope of getting young players. So uh, there there is a lot of young talent in the NBA right now. I, I do agree that, look, there's a lot of drama, a lot of guys crying about, you know, uh, I don't want to be here, and then there's players sitting out every other day. There's definitely problems with the NBA, but there is a lot of talent. There, there's still a lot to watch during the regular season, you know, whether you're playing DFS, whether you're playing season-long. There's still a lot to watch. Before we get into the trades, just wanted your thought on Kevin Durant. So I was up last night, and I saw his press conference come on, and I'm like, what is this? I'm like, why are they showing this? Like, what's the big deal? So turned up the volume and rewound a little bit. To hear him basically lash out at reporters, he didn't speak for about nine days, and he's known to be very open and upfront with the media and speak, and obviously with all the rumors and everyone speculating where he's going to go, he finally spoke, and obviously he was agitated. You think he was justified in that, or uh, was he? did he handle it wrong? No, I, I don't have a big problem with what he did because, look, I mean, people are constantly speculating about where he's going. You just kind of got to put yourself in, in his shoes. And I know some of it is warranted because he kind of brings that attention onto himself. He's he's kind of a weird dude with the whole, like, burner accounts thing over the past couple of years. And, you know, the way that he snaps back at the media. I remember, like, earlier on in the season he said people hate him because 
like he's the best. I like I don't know. He's just he's a weird dude. But I think in this scenario, you know, everyone's talking about oh, where's KD going next? People are automatically assuming he's going to the Knicks. Like if that were me, I'd probably be annoyed too. Like wouldn't you, Ronis? I would. I just think, especially with that team, he just all he needed to do was say, guys, I'm not talking about free agency. I'm just not. The rest of the year, don't ask me about it. Like in a joking fashion, too. Now, yeah, obviously, that's true. I mean, like Kyrie the, Irving did something yeah. similar to that. He said, "Look, talk to me July 1st. That's when you know I'll be around to talk." I, I, I see what you're saying, but I think also clearly he had an agenda with one reporter because he specifically named them and called mm-hmm. them out. So he must have been upset specifically with something that was written. So, yeah, I mean, I just think he. And again, I have no problem. He probably just could have handled it better. But that's the thing is when you're talking to Durant after the game. Remember, because the guy was, I don't know if you saw the whole clip, but the guy's like, oh, okay, so what about tonight and how'd you play? You guys don't want that answer. I'm out of here. Because, like, what are you asking the Warriors after a game where they just won by, like, 30? You know, what are you going to ask about the game? There's no storyline there with Golden State right now except uh, Durant's future at this point. Yeah, honestly, I mean, what else are, you know, reporters going to ask Warriors players about? Like, you know, how did it feel winning by 40 points tonight? Like, how, how does it feel to have another superstar all-star player in your lineup in DeMarcus Cousins, right? Um, yeah, man, look, uh, Durant, look, if he doesn't want to come to the Knicks or he wants to go to another major media market, I mean, this is, this is something he's going to have to learn to handle, right? I mean, if he can't even handle it now in Golden State, imagine if he were to come to the Knicks and, you know, they get off to a slow start or something, you know, like he's going to have questions to answer no matter where he goes, especially if he plays in a big market. So it, you know, it's something that he's going to have to man up and he's just going to have to do and he's going to have to get better at it, man. Yeah, it's crazy because I don't know if you saw, this was like uh, two weeks ago, DeMarcus Cousins first came back. He's like, I have no idea how Steph Curry and Klay Thompson deal with this every day. I don't like this being in the spotlight. I was like, wow, okay. Good to know. I guess New York would not be a fit for you, big uh, boogie. Yeah, but, he's used to Sacramento and New Orleans. Not exactly, <laughs> exactly. the biggest media market. No one's bothering him. Uh, let's take a look at some of the trades today. So the Eastern Conference getting real interesting right now as – the Raptors get Marcus Sol. They trade away Jonas Valchunas, DeLone Wright, C.J. Miles, and a second-round pick in 2024. So thoughts here on what the Raptors did and any fantasy implications on either side? Yeah, so the Raptors, I know me and you were chatting a little bit about uh, this trade earlier with uh, Marcus Gasol going over to Toronto. I think it, it's a great NBA move for the Toronto Raptors. You know, jo- Jonas Valanciunas, as much as uh, we've wanted him to be – a you know viable fantasy asset for years. The minutes have never been there. I mean, he's battled some health issues, especially this season. Uh, I think he's always had the upside, but for whatever reason, he never got big minutes. So, I mean, I think he's a good per-minute producer. Uh, I, I, I do imagine that he'll start with the Grizzlies, um, but uh, I was, uh, you know, I was following a few, a few fantasy basketball people on... Uh, around the deadline today, and, I, you know, a lot of people are excited about DeLon Wright, and I know Mike Conley didn't get moved from Memphis here, but DeLon Wright going to have an opportunity to play more regularly with the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, he's always been a guy that, you know, can contribute um, uh, in in a low amount of minutes, so now, you know, if he gets up to 26, 28 minutes per night, they also moved Shelvin Mack. It seems like he's, you know, he's the backup point guard. He's, he could play some two guard as well, and this is a guy who, uh, you know, if you play in a season long, uh, from the point guard, shooting guard position, he has dual, uh, I believe he has dual eligibility. He gives you defensive numbers as well, uh, good percentages. So, Dillon Wright is a man that I'm, uh, is a dude I'm looking at right now. I know uh, Ivan Rabb is someone that you've picked up. 
Uh, it does definitely help that the team also moved Jamichael Green, so it looks like he's going to have those backup big minutes, whether it's the power forward, whether it's the center. Uh, and he surprised the past couple of games. He's played well. So I think Ivan Rab and DeLon Wright are the two that I'm looking at from a season-long fantasy perspective that get the biggest upticks here. Yeah, I speculated with Rab. Actually, I had a low number, and I said, you know what? Gasol is likely being traded, so let me be a little bit aggressive. I think I went over. I think I went one away. Do you remember what your bid was? We had a bid. I believe it was sixty-two or sixty-three, and we were the next closest bid. And we figured that wouldn't be enough. It, it was one of the bigger bids that we've put out recently. Uh, so we figured we'd like throw our name in the hat trying to get Ivan Rab, but uh, we figure we also figured that we weren't going to get him with that, that someone would be a little bit more aggressive uh, around the trade deadline, and rightfully so. Uh, you know, you ended up with him. How do you feel about it now when it's all said and done? Well, I mean, I, initially I didn't see Valchunas was in the deal, and then I saw him like, ah, uh, because I got to think he is going to start there, and obviously I think it helps his fantasy value. I mean, they don't have much there. I mean, Jaron Jackson is there. He'll play a role, but Jermichael Green, was also traded and Garrett Temple and in the deal they got back Avery Bradley so that one won't affect him so uh and Valchuna says you know he's coming off an injury uh, I think he was going to to play today uh for Toronto but obviously with the trade uh won't be able to go tonight with the Grizzlies and it'll you know day or two so uh probably don't feel as good but I don't think it's terrible yeah I'd agree with that I think, you know, he's going to be the backup behind Jaron Jackson, behind Valanciunas, assuming that he starts. You know, I think he can have a 24 to 26-minute role. I think he could be close to a double-double guy. Again, you know, the past three, four games where he's actually getting minutes, he's played pretty well. I know that this was a guy who had some hype coming out of college. Um, I think, like, his freshman or sophomore season in college, uh, he was a projected lottery pick, and then I think he went back to school and kind of didn't play as well. So uh, that's why he kind of slipped. But he has a, he is a guy who I think has talent. Joined by Frank Stample. You can hear him here off and on FNTSY. Uh, big trade from Milwaukee. They respond. Obviously, the Sixers going out and getting Tobias Harris the other day. And Milwaukee gets Nikola Meritich in exchange for Stanley Johnson, Jason Smith, and four second-round picks. Uh, thoughts on Meritich going to Milwaukee and what does this do for his fantasy value and the Bucks as a whole? First off, who needs second-round picks, huh? Four second-round right? picks. That's I crazy. <laughs> I saw four picks involved. I'm like, are any of them first-round picks? Because that's kind of crazy. But four second-round picks. You know, I thought this was a great response for the for the Milwaukee Bucks. I, I felt like they needed another player to come off the bench and, and give them instant offense. I think Nikola Mirotic fits that mold. I, I think it's pretty good for his fantasy value, too, assuming that he can be healthy because he's been dealing with this ankle injury on and off all season long. Uh, and I think it's kind of hampered his production at times. But we've seen his upside earlier on in the season. You know, he was he was a double-double machine. Uh, he, was, he was burying threes. He's not shy when he's on the court. He's gonna take shots, so you know they've they've had guys like like Ersan Ilyasova come in here off the bench and, and try and uh, provide some uh, offensive production. But I really do think that this is a great fit because their starting lineup it, it's already really good. We know that they have Bledsoe, they have Brogdon, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Brook Lopez, and now you bring in a guy like Miritich who can legitimately be that sixth man and you know give you 15, 16 points off the bench. I thought it was a great move for him, uh, both for fantasy purposes and for the the Milwaukee. Bucks real life purposes. What did you think about the Lakers trading away Zubak? Caught me by surprise, man, because right? you know, he's a young guy. He's still super young. I believe he's only 21 years old, and they basically gave him up for nothing, right? I, I mean, 
it was just weird. I, I do think he'll get a shot to start uh, with the Clippers. So you know, I'm I'm pretty interested in, in Zubats now. I mean, they they he's the Clip- all, isn't he? I mean, our league is pretty deep, and he's been owned. But yeah. is he available in most leagues? Uh, I can look up his ownership percentage. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it might that, only be, it'll probably it, be lower though. Those ownership yeah. percentages are kind of misleading. I mean, in competitive leagues, I think he's gone. But maybe he was dropped recently. But yeah, I mean, he he will get the opportunity there uh, in that front court because they're thin right now. Yeah, they they definitely are. I mean, we spoke about the Clippers um, a little bit yesterday, uh, and you know, with the Tobias Harris trade, and you know, I thought Montrezl Harrell was going to uh, see a step up in production. I mean, he could still be really good coming off the bench, but. Yeah, I mean, they needed a center. Uh, it's not like Marching Gortat was great all year. They traded away Boban Marjanovic. And, yeah, look, Zubats is only 21 years old. He's flashed his upside at times. He's he's more traditional big, plays with his back to the basket. He, he's a post, post-up post kind of guy. But, you know, he could block shots. He can grab boards. He doesn't need big minutes either. He doesn't have to play 30 minutes a night. If he gets, you know, 26, 28 minutes a night uh, as a starter, um, I, I do think that he can have fantasy value. So if you held on to him this long uh, while he was playing well with the Lakers, I'd feel pretty good about the fact that uh, he ended up with the, the Clippers and I would expect him to start. But it really did catch me by surprise because they were using Zubats as part of this package to go after Anthony Davis. So why do they just give him up for basically nothing? It, it's kind of confusing for me. Uh, Anthony Davis does not get traded. He has said that he plans to play the rest of the year. But if you're the Pelicans, you can't put him out there every game, right? With his penchant for getting injured and you want to move him, this is a real tough spot here for the Pelicans. Yeah, it definitely is because, look, there are two things working against him right now. If you put him out there, he's always been an injury-prone player. If he suffers a serious injury, you are basically costing yourself the chance at, you know, three young players and future draft picks. I mean, by all means, any trade offer that we've seen, you know, whether it's with the Lakers or, you know, whatever a projected offer would be with the Celtics with, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and and all these draft picks that the Celtics always have, you can't really take that risk. So, yeah, it's a a very weird spot for the Pelicans. It's, you know, it's even tougher for fantasy owners because what can you do? You can't trade him away. Are you going to trade him away to get, you know, 50 cents on the dollar just so that you have a player that plays every single night? I don't know. I don't think anyone really knows how much he's going to play, right? Uh, so it's a, it's a tricky situation for fantasy purposes for the Pelicans. Plus, if they were just to sit him out and not play him for the rest of the year, they're going to lose games. And that that ultimately helps their draft pick this year as well. So... Yeah, it's a tough situation for the Pelicans, tough situation for fantasy owners. You personally, if you owned Anthony Davis, Ronis, would you try and sell him for a player that, that you think is going to play every single day? I probably would. The problem is you're probably not going to get proper return. Exactly. Get Who's the best player that you're going to get in return for Anthony Davis right now? I don't even know if you get a – would you get a first-round pick in return? I don't think so. Would you get John Collins? You think you get John Collins for Anthony Davis right now? Hmm. Can you do it? Yeah. I think the Collins owner would probably take that shot. That's something I might look if into. That trade goes down in my league today. <laughs> what? Nah. Did, it, did it happen? No, I'm saying because oh. you got Anthony Davis. Yeah, so maybe, I mean, maybe we're going to throw it out there. You know, last, uh, last week when Greg and I were, you know, talking about the same, the same exact situation, we were throwing offers out there. Hey, should we offer Anthony Davis for a guy like Andre Drummond? Okay, it's not Anthony Davis, but it's still, what, a second-round caliber player, and you're going to get him in return, and you know he's going to play every single day and you don't have to worry about it? Yeah, it sucks giving up Anthony Davis, but 
At least yeah, you have a player that's going to play every single day. So you know, we you don't want to get to the playoffs. You don't want to get to the playoffs on a three-game week. He plays one game. Exactly. So uh, you know, I'll give you Gallinari it, for Anthony Davis. <laughs> Come on, you got to. He's back tonight. He's I, back tonight. <laughs> Look yeah, at but, all of the but Clippers' for how losses. His for how usage long, rate's going to skyrocket with no Tobias. Who, who else do you have on your team? Let's make a trade right now. What centers do you have? I'll give you uh, Anthony Davis. Uh, who do I have? Uh, Allen of the Nets. All right, Rudy Gobert. Happening. All right, Rudy Gobert. Let's do it. No, why would I trade Rudy Gobert? Come on, it's a great days? trade, Ronis. <laughs> no, I can't do that. I love Rudy, man. That's why I took him in round two. I think I passed on Butler for him. That's why you have Butler. Yeah, but he's not Anthony Davis. Yeah, I know. Uh, real quick, Markel Fultz traded to Orlando for Simmons and a first Brown pick, too. Uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's a low risk, high reward type play for the of the Orlando Magic here. They need a they need a point guard of the future. I think that Fultz is probably more of a combo guard long term, but he has a lot of talent. There's no doubting that. If you, you know, you watch the tape of this kid from uh, from college, he's a really talented player. There were other people that wanted him that early in the draft as well. I, I, I think this is a good move, him getting a, a new start in a new location. All right, that is Frank Stample. You can find him here on FNTSY. Frank, thanks a lot for the time, and good luck trading Anthony Davis. Uh, thanks for having me, Ronis. I'm sending you the trade for Rudy Gobert right now. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> Send the offer. I'll decline it. Coming up next, Matt Modica to talk some fantasy baseball. The morning after. And when you think these athletes are somehow being oppressed, that's why it's called collective bargaining. No agreements. That's why you have free agency. You can't just say, oh, I want to leave. I want to go here. But it's okay for the owners to be like, you know what? Yes, because they own the team. Well, guess what? The players don't own the team, Anthony Davis is a brand. He owns that brand. He wants his brand in Los Angeles. He owns Anthony Davis. You're crazy, bro. No, I'm not. Gabe, it's different now. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a busy day. We've talked a lot of NBA today. But, of course, baseball is always something that we're shifting our attention to. You can check out the Fantasy Baseball Draft Kit on ScoutFantasySports.com. In-depth team outlook from Sean Childs. 
and I'm looking at players changing teams, what it means for their fantasy value, as well as taking a look at different players like Steven Strasburg, Jesus Aguirre, and much more. So use the promo code BATS50, get 50% off your first two bucks. Joining me now to talk some more baseball, it is Matt Bodica. You can follow him on Twitter at CTM Baseball. Matt, what's up? Uh, nothing much, Adam. It's a good day. Uh, there is some sad news. Frank Robinson did pass. Uh, one of the greatest ever. I think he's had, but he's as great as he was, was always kind of underrated, believe it or not. Yeah, I just saw that news as well. So that is definitely sad news. Uh, certainly good player for sure. Uh, I, go ahead. Oh, I didn't say that. Oh, okay. Uh, big news of the day. Today is finally JT Real Muto gets dealt <laughs> as he goes to the Phillies, and reportedly the Marlins are getting Sixto Sanchez, pitching prospect, catcher Jorge Alfaro, and it looks like uh, another minor league role, Stewart, and an international signing bonus slot. So I think obviously this helps Real Muto. I just tweeted out a little while ago his splits at home and on the road, and it's insane. We all know that's a pitcher's park there in Miami, and the right handed power in Philly gets a boost. But Real Muto is still, like, one of the first catchers off the board anyway. I've generally seen him go in round five to six. Can you find yourself taking him in a draft and building a successful team, or is that still too much of an investment for you at the catcher position that early? Uh, I just really don't like taking a catcher early. If I was going to, he, he would be that guy. Uh, I, I think, you know, especially with this move, you explain the splits. And, you know, how stark they were, you know, righty power in that lineup. I mean, the Phillies are really putting together uh, some lineup here. And God forbid if you get Bryce Hopper or Machado, if one of those two end up there, then, you know, it's really going to be a uh, tough sled in, in the NL East. Yeah, it's crazy. The NL East, uh, you know, all these teams looking to improve themselves and uh, Phillies do it with this move. And, you know, one thing that's very important for fantasy is batting order. And right now... I think there's some questions here with the Phillies and what their order is going to be. I th I've seen some mm -hmm. people speculate Andrew McCutcheon potentially hitting leadoff. Now, we know he's a good OBP guy, but so is Cesar Hernandez. And if Hernandez moves from the top of the lineup to the bottom, it's got to hurt him a little bit hitting in front of the pitcher. You know, if you're kind of projecting this uh, Phillies lineup right now, how do you, how do you think it, it goes? Where do McCutcheon and, and Hernandez bat? Uh, I mean, I think they keep Hernandez there. Uh... And that's, you know, he's, I, I would have, I mean, if it's not going to be Hernandez, why wouldn't it be Gene Segura leading off, in, in, in my opinion? Right. Uh, I think, you know, he can swipe you to 20 bases. It's like you're saying, it, but one thing I just want to say, is if he does move down, I mean, that's really going to hurt him in the counting staff. But if he stays up there, I mean, he's, he's got a hell of a season ahead possible. Yeah, and I, that's that's why I'm kind of trying to figure this out here because because you know, <laughs> right now I mean uh, Hernandez is is a is a good draft price. You don't have to really overpay for him at all. And mm -hmm. and this lineup, and and I do think they get a Harper or Machado for sure. If he hits leadoff in this lineup with those guys behind them, the run scored that he's going to have with his OBP. I mean, he had a 356 OBP last year and he scored 91 runs. Uh, and, and he stole 19 bases. So this is a guy who could be, you know, 15-15 with over 100 runs and uh, decent average. Uh, so it's really going to be something to pay attention to here with this Phillies lineup in the batting order. 
I, I think so. And I think a guy, I don't know how long they are for Nick Williams. I mean, I'm, I'm looking right now on roster resource. They got him batting fifth. I, they desperately need that left-handed bat. So, I mean, Harper just makes too much sense. But uh, it seems like Harper wants to be a Yankee, which <laughs> is even more unfortunate. But I think that's who he's really holding out for. I know you've been doing a lot of drafts lately. Have you noticed specific players that are, are really rising up the draft board in recent weeks that are getting a lot of buzz? Uh, I mean, really rising up. I mean, let me take a quick think about that. I mean, I think for the most part, it's been kind of it, it's been kind of stable from that January first to now. Uh, I mean, once Daniel Murphy got the trade. He skyrocketed. I mean, he's a fifth-round pick now. You know, this was a guy that was going. You know, who 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 knows? You know, b- before that trade, but uh, you know, I, I think the one guy that you see sliding right now is Alex Bregman because of the uh, news with the elbow. And uh, you know, one of my friends said he got him twentieth in the draft champions. He's doing so. You know, I, I, I know there's the elbow news, but if I can get him a twentieth. And I guess Harper. Harper's fallen. I've gotten him, you know, around 20th as well. So, I, I mean, I think that's a – look, even if you don't like Bryce Harper, 20th overall is not a bad spot. No, definitely for sure. I think, obviously, he's kind of disappointed, but we know he's capable of putting up a top-five season if everything comes together. Joined by Matt Modica, uh, I saw recently you put out a, a post there on Steven Matz. And obviously his second half was tremendous. And uh, I've always liked the arm for Mats. Again, I got to see him pitch in high school out in Long Island. Obviously, health has been a big factor for him. But he's not expensive at all. I mean, you can get him at a good price. Uh, Are you buying into Steven Mats this year? Yeah, I'm buying the price. The one thing I've always had is I think he's a little fragile. I mean, he was hurt pretty much on every level, high school, college. Then he came to the Mets and, you know, once again, got hurt. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, that's my biggest gripe, but you're not paying for anything. So, you know, when it becomes free and where he's going, like, I'll, I'll take the Steven Matz. You know, even a guy like Michael Soroka, who right now isn't listed in the rotation and is coming off of an injury, but I think he's one of their better pitchers, and I think he's going to be in that rotation. So if I don't have to pay for these guys, yeah, they're definitely going to be queued up and I'm going to have shares with them. Uh, talk, talking about someone's prices went down, it's Clayton Kershaw, usually a first-round pick, top five. Now we're seeing him fall mm-hmm. to the third round. We obviously know that there are some concerns. When he was on the mound, he still was good, but the K rate went down. Is Kershaw someone that you're avoiding, or is he, depending on roster construction and what the price is, you still might buy in? Look, I, I, I love the guy. I, I want to take him so bad. And last year, I stayed away. I stayed away. We went live. I didn't take him in New York. I went to Vegas. I took him there and got burned. And I, I just, I mean, I'm looking at the draft I'm doing now. And Kershaw went before Bueller and Syndergaard. And normally you'd say, yeah, no problem. But I'm going to take these young guys. <laughs> you know, even though Syndergaard's an injury risk, you want to say, I just, look, 30 years old. The back, it's, it's, it's more of the back than anything. If, if the back's still hurting, the fastball's not coming back. If that fastball's not coming back, even, and he, he can still succeed, but why, why am I going to bother with that? 
I, I just can't do it right now. Yeah, I'm with you on that, too. I have not been taking him in any draft so far. And I actually, there's a, quite a few pitchers that I would take over him. And I think people might be surprised when they see some of the names, but just the realistic. I have him 14th right now. And that's, you know, I, I, I had to put him there. I couldn't put him any lower than that. I mean, at some point, I think you have to take him. I would say after, like, say, Bueller and Syndergaard are off the board, then I think he's probably worth that shot. Uh, we're seeing Ronald Acuna going very early in drafts. I've seen him go fifth or sixth, and I think some people out there are like, what? You know, he's only had one year. But as we've seen, you know, we're seeing more young players come up and adjust to the big league levels very quickly. I mean, Juan Soto's a guy, and we didn't even expect him to be up last year. But are you buying Acuna as the fifth, sixth player off the board? Is it justified? I, I think it is justified. I've bought him as high as third. Uh, in the first pitch draft in the beginning of November, I took him third. I've taken him and uh, him and Francisco and do a third. Though my problem now is it seems like he's going to be batting fourth. And that, for me, makes Lindor the clear number three pick now. And I'm going to have to pull back on a cooner a bit, which I don't know how much he's going to run. He ran out of that leadoff spot. He wants the bat leadoff. Uh, I think he wants to run and stuff. But now you, you put into the cleanup spot, it does change things. Yeah, th that third spot, uh, it seems like people are kind of unsure where to go. Uh, it seems like it's Trout bats, and then people are kind of debating that three spot. I'm with you right now. I lean towards Lindor as well. I know some people are playing, sh saying shortstop's deep, and it is, but – why am I worried about that with the early pick? I, I just want yeah. stats, right? I don't understand that. Like, well, uh, I'm going to pass over Lindor because shortstop's deep. Okay, well, if we're in a 15-team league with a lot of us are, and that's what the high stakes is, you know, fine. We'll get a middle infielder for the shortstop. But I want stats early. I'm really not worried about what position they play. Give me stats. The first five rounds, four or five rounds, are about building a foundation. If you have a KDS like in the high stakes, I look at where, how, how can I set up, how can I get the hitter I want, say, in the first round, and then set up my pitching, where I can get, say, you know, two top 20 arms that I have down with my top 20 in the first four or five rounds. And I, I think that's what people need to do. I hear this position scarcity. Look, outfield is scarce. In a 15-team yes. league, where you play five outfielders, it is a scarce position. It gets, but a fifth round, you know, it's like, it, it's, it's David Dahl time. And look, I think Dahl's going to be really good, and I've taken him in some spots. But, I mean, he's unproven, and he's been injured. You know, it really – I think that dries up too. So just draft the best players that are going to give you the stats. Remember, you're drafting categories. Exactly, and I do agree on the outfield. I mean, there's been many years in recent uh, that I've taken three outfielders with my first three picks. It just – it was not by design. It just happened to fall that way. Obviously, now – uh, more prone to get at least one starting pitcher in the first three rounds if possible. But I've had successful teams starting off with three outfielders. and there's Last so many year, my two best teams were outfield heavy. In, in, in my main event and in my auction, you know, I, I paid for Trout, Harper, I got Yellick, Kane, you know. So and these guys produce. It doesn't matter what the position is. As long as the, the guys you're drafting are getting the numbers you want. 
Right. And if you know the player pool well, you will figure it out later. Like, you'll find the guys mm-hmm. that, that will produce in that spot. So, complete agreement there. And I just hear so many people say, well, shortstop's deep, so I'm going to go somewhere else. No, not in the first round. If Lindor's going to give you the power, speed, and all-around numbers, I'll take it. Uh, that's what I'm looking for. Do you have a preference right now of where to draft? I know you've done several. Uh, have you found, I mean, I, I, think I both, like the first part. The I like the first part of the draft. Yeah, I would like to be in the top seven. Uh, and if I'm not there, I'm hoping wherever I land, if the guys that I want are gone, I can start, say, DeGrom, and then get my first hitter early in the second round. And the only reason, look, Sale, they're saying it's healthy, and to me he's the best pitcher in all of baseball. But, you know, I'm not going to – I'm not playing that game right now. I need to see him on the bump. Growing, you know, if it's like uh, Degrom a couple of years ago, you know, spring training, he started hitting ninety-eight. Remember, Degrom was a fifth rounder, and then he shot up. So, I, I just I, I can't do it right now. Yeah, it's too risky at this point until we see him in the spring, and uh, he's still. It's a great value right now, though, if if, 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 if he is really healthy. Right, and even if he's a guy too that, as we saw last year, even if he doesn't, if he's one sixty, one seventy, he's still going to put up elite numbers. Obviously, mm-hmm. you. Obviously, you want 200-plus if you're going to take a pitcher in the first round. Only 18 pitchers threw 200 innings last year. Like, Has that changed the way you project pitchers or what you expect from them when you're looking in rounds three to six? Uh, just because so few pitchers now are going deep into games, Like, do you look at it and say, okay, uh, this guy might only give me 160, 170, but they're going to be very useful innings, so I'm okay with it? Yeah, I mean, look at the guys last year that hit that 200 mark. Half of them barely hit – they just – hit about 200, or got like 201, 202. I, I said last year 180 was the new 200. I believe that still today. And that's how you got to look at it. You want, look, you want to get 200. Outside of the Justin Verlanders, the Max Scherzers, say a DeGrom or so, these guys really aren't even going to come close to 220. In 2016, six pitchers had a minimum of 223 innings. In the last two years, Max Scherzer is the only guy to get to 20. So, look, it's different, but and the way I look at it is just I'll give you the, I'll give you the Walker Bueller comp. I think Bueller throws 170 innings, strikes out 190 guys. I start out with him. If he's my first pitcher, I'm going to be more aggressive, and I'm going to pound a couple of those guys in the next tier. If I want to, I, I like Jose uh, Barrios. I think he's going to I think he's going to take that next step this year. You know, I'm going to grab Barrios and say a Wheeler. Or a Castillo, you know, or whoever. It's Granky, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna become more aggressive if, if I take that approach. Yeah, Zach Wheeler, another interesting name. Boy, who would have thought that we'd see him go this early at the beginning of last year? But we always knew the talent was there, and he stayed healthy last year. It was really impressive. Uh, so you're willing to pay the price for Wheeler this year? I, at that point, I have Wheeler in, in my top twenty-five. I am look. It, it, it comes a point where you're going to look at these guys, like the names I just mentioned, and then you're going to look at the Zach Greinke, the David Prices, uh, the Madison Bumgarners. And, you know, Greinke, I, I love him, but he's going to be throwing. You know, we're, we're going to hear the stories. He's hitting 84. He's 35. With the exception of a Justin Berlin or a Matt Scherzer, most pitchers are, are going to start falling off. He's, the team concept there is terrible. I, I love Granky. He's, he's been a fantastic pitcher. 
And I think I might have him like 24th or 25th, but I really don't want to take him. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. I, I don't see the upside with him. I really only see downside unless he maybe got traded to the Dodgers or something like that. Wheeler's hard hit rate last year was 24.8%, and the velocity he, was fast. He led, he yeah. led the uh, qualified pitchers. <laughs> Crazy, man. If only if only they could all stay healthy, that would be a, a real fun staff. And if they could get some offense, hopefully uh, they can do it for the Mets. But look, he's, he's no sure thing. You no, know? but a, a lot of these he, guys aren't, of, right? Yeah, that's the thing. Everybody, I, I think the problem with people and projections is everybody trying to look at like the 90 percentile projection where everything's rosy? Look, you know, some of your guys, if Jamison Tyon gets a 350 ERA and pitches 200 innings and strikeouts over 200 batters, that's a good season. I know we had a 320 ERA last year, but you're not looking at it correctly. 350, the league average last year was like 420. So 350, 200 innings, and 200 strikeouts, that's a hell of a season. Yeah, I had Tyon on a few teams last year, and uh, he was great. I mean, the last 22 starts, three earned runs or less, and this guy was uh, a second overall pick. So we knew he had the talent. It just it takes some guys some time to really evolve, and we saw it with Tyon last year. And the guy had a lot of bad luck with injuries and the testicular cancer. So it was good to see him pitch a full year. But, Matt, always good talking to you. We will talk again, and hopefully I'll see you sometime soon. Yes, definitely. Man. Thank you. All right. When we return, we'll wrap it up taking a look at the night in NBA DFS here on Scout Fantasy Sports. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive your free DVD videos and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with a proof of credit and a $1,250 savings coupon including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with models starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited-time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-625-4922 for your free DVD videos and brochure. That's 800-625-4922. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-625-4922 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. Fantasy football frenzy. A lot of people are floating Jacksonville out there for Bridgewater. It really comes down to GMs ultimately is deciding who they want and what they can get for price-wise, what they can do. I'd love to see the Giants give him a shot. He wouldn't come at a big cost. It would definitely allow them to hit the draft going for a you know a solid tackle with that sixth pick. He's going to be rumored to go to every team that needs a quarterback. We really won't know until these guys start shaking out just a little bit here and there. Weekdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One, 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 two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 
Back here, Scout Fantasy Sports on a busy day. A lot going on in the NBA. Big trade in MLB. JT Realmuto finally gets dealt, goes to the Phillies. Excellent landing spot for his fantasy value in that ballpark. His home road splits over his career have been insane. Uh, but still, you know, you got to pay a high price tag to get him. Fourth, fifth round. Uh, I'm not willing to do it. Even a league that starts two catchers. So just not the way I like to build my team. Um, but a lot going on today and a lot going on at ScoutFantasySports.com as we're getting you set to dominate in the fantasy baseball season. Our draft kit is out. Use the promo code BATS50 to get 50% off your first two months as we have in-depth team outlooks from Sean Childs, one of the best high-stakes players around. And I'm continuing to do player profile uh, breakdowns. We'll have our rankings up soon, sleepers, busts, and all of that good stuff. And ScoutDFS.com as well. Uh, articles. Optimizer, Slack chat, leading up to lineup lock. Hoops 50 gets you 50% off the first month in DFS. Uh, still more uh, basketball news trickling in. Looks like the Knicks are releasing Enos Cantor, so that would be a really good pickup for a contender. Probably hurt his fantasy value. I doubt he'll start anywhere, uh, but we knew this was going to come, and uh, he'll get signed soon. Wesley Matthews is going to agree to a contract buyout, and the plan is for him to sign to the Pacers. Looks like the Knicks will keep, keep DeAndre Jordan. So a lot going on in the NBA today. So uh, I haven't even had time to really digest this for this slate, but I'm going to go over it, give my opinions uh, so far. Obviously, some things will change uh, with some breaking news later on. Uh, so let's take a look at what we have so far here tonight. And again, you got to pay attention to all this last-minute news, uh, but at least the trade deadline has passed, so we kind of know who uh, will be in, who will be shorthanded tonight. Clippers at the Pacers, 7 p.m. Eastern. Pacers favored by six. Vegas total is 217. Uh, Clippers were involved in the mix uh, for some trades today. The big news here is Danilo Gallinari will be back in the lineup tonight. We'll have to wait and see if he has a minutes restriction. Um, his price is pretty good on DK at 6,000. So if there's no minutes restriction, you could take a look at him. Not a prime target, but certainly uh, that could help him out. Uh, Shy Gilgius Alexander, he's going to get more of an opportunity here. It's 49 on DK, 6 on Fandle, but I don't think I'm going there tonight. Lou Williams is my favorite play for the Clippers. We always see his potential upside. I use him more in tournaments than cash uh, coming off the bench. He can explode, so uh, he's pretty good. And... Uh, Patrick Beverly obviously has been benefiting with Gallinari out, but remember Tobias Harris is gone. So uh, Beverly is uh, 51 on FanDuel, 55 on DK. So he's in play as well. Remember Avery Bradley was traded, so uh, he is gone. So, and Marcin Gortat, he was waived today. Boban's gone, so uh, Harrell should play a lot of minutes, but he's priced up uh, 8 on FanDuel, 72 on DK. I think uh, Jonathan Motley is a name to monitor to see if they put him in the lineup or uh, if he, you know, he could get increased minutes tonight. That's something to to see what the Clippers do. He's 32 on DK, 35 on FanDuel. For the Pacers, uh, they will, I, I like a few players here. Thaddeus Young, he's been playing well lately, 61 on DK, 65 on FanDuel. Miles Turner's always in play for GPPs. Uh, 65 on DK, 7,700 on FanDuel. Clippers have been pretty bad against centers, so he's certainly in play. Uh, Darren Collison, 6'4 in DK. Like him better there. He's 7 on FanDuel. 
I just can't play Tyreek Evans, man. I've been burned by him too much. I think he's like 10 or 11 bucks on Yahoo. I just can't do it. I, you know, it is not a bad spot. He's 43 on DK, 49 on Fanduel, but he's just sucked, man. Been such a big disappointment. So uh, probably not going to go in that direction tonight. Next game up is Minnesota at Orlando. And uh, we got uh, Vegas total of 217. Orlando's favored by one and a half. For Minnesota, Derek Rose has been ruled out. Tyus Jones has been ruled out. And Jeff Teague is questionable. So uh, my guess is he probably doesn't play, but he was upgraded to questionable. And even if he does return, I don't see him playing big minutes. But that would still affect Jared Bayless, who's been up and down. Uh, but there, you know, he's been playing sometimes 38, 39 minutes a night. If Teague is out, Bayless is in play again. 58 on DK, 57 on FanDuel. Uh, he's shooting guard eligible on Yahoo. Andrew Wiggins is in play. I, I don't like Wiggins. You know, he has, he has a few games where he has upside. So if Teague's out, you know, he'll see a lot more minutes. And it's a good matchup here. You know, Magic aren't good against guards and small forwards. So he's in play. It's like the final piece for the build if I have that much money left. Uh, but I never have confidence in him. 59 on DK, 6 on Fandle. I did have him a couple spots this year where he went off. But I also have had him in spots where he's just underwhelmed. Carl uh, Anthony Towns definitely in play tonight. 99 on DK, 11-1 on Fandle. Uh, definitely considering him in tournaments on Yahoo. I think he's 45 there. So he's in play. And um, what I'm watching here, I'm not playing him. But I want to see what happens with Dario Saric. The last game... He had one of his best games in a while, but he's still been coming off the bench and hasn't played big minutes. Taj Gibson was struggling in that one. I think he had some foul trouble, too. Um, so that's, that's the thing. I mean, he's not a bad play at his price. 4000 on DK, 4100 on Fandle if he gets the minutes. But because of that, I'm going to stay away. Uh, for the Magic here in this spot, uh, Nikola Vucevic, obviously, has had a great year. He's in play, 93 on DK, 9600 on Fandle. Um, Jonathan Isaac's coming off a good game. I like him. I might be using him in Yahoo tonight. He's 54 on DK, 5,800 on FanDuel. Terrence Ross has had some a couple of huge games recently. He's obviously boomer bust, but in a tournament, you could take a look at him. Price has gone up, though, 51 on DK, 5,500 on FanDuel. And Aaron Gordon, as I've always talked about, more of a tournament play. He's just very erratic, but he's 66 on DK, 7 on FanDuel. So uh, would, would consider him uh, in this matchup. Toronto is at Atlanta. Obviously, both teams making trades today. Uh, so this uh, will have a different look. 7.30 p.m. Toronto favored by nine. Vegas total is 233. Jonas Valchunas, obviously, he was traded. He was scheduled to return today. C.J. Miles was traded. DeLone Wright was changed, uh, traded. So they'll be a, a little bit shorthanded today. Um, so, you know, some of those starters will all get better minutes. Again, they acquired Mark Gasol today, but he will not be available tonight. So it's a great matchup, too, against the Hawks. Uh, and the Raptors have the highest implied total of this late at 121. So you just hope the game could stay competitive. But uh, all the starters should see bigger minutes. Uh, some of the guards, Lowry, Powell, Van Fleet, Danny Green, should all be uh, seeing an increased minutes. Uh, Kawhi Leonard's struggling lately, but it's a great matchup. And you know what happens. People look at game locks. Ownership could be low. And trust me, I've been burned by Kawhi Leonard, too. Uh, recently, 94 on DK, 10-1 on FanDuel. Uh, 
So I think in tournaments you can look at him because I think he'll be low-owned. Uh, maybe even in cash. So several guys here. Fred Van Fleet, you know, 4,400 on DK, 45 on FanDuel. Uh, Serge Ibaka, 63 on DK, 67 on FanDuel. So uh, Pascal Siakam, no, he's also in play as well, 62 on DK, 65 on FanDuel. So uh, definitely a bunch of options here for the Raptors tonight. For the Hawks, uh, they've actually, you know, been pretty good lately, you know, Five and five of their last ten, which is not bad considering you know how they've looked. Uh, well, it looks like John Collins will play. I think he left his last game with a laceration to the face, and uh, that sucked because I had him uh, in the lineup that night. He was going off. He had a really good uh, start to the game, and uh, he is uh, nice priced on Fanduel at seventy four hundred eighty one on DK, so more there. And uh, so he's in a good spot tonight if you uh, want to pay up for him. And I don't think many people will. And uh, Trey Young. Uh, in tournaments, he's played a lot better lately. 69 on DK, 71 on FanDuel. Uh, and so that's probably it for the Atlanta side uh, in this game tonight. Uh, at least it is in Atlanta, and they have been competitive in some games recently. So certainly something to consider tonight. Memphis is at Oklahoma City. Thunder favored by four, 14. Vegas totals 213, and obviously a lot of value here on the Grizzlies, as we saw the other night. Marcus Saul was traded. Jermichael Green was traded. Garrett Temple was traded. Kyle Anderson is listed as doubtful. So uh, there's going to be a lot to look at here. Uh, Mike Conley uh, is going to see a big role tonight, but I don't know if you want to pay up for him uh, to see if this game could stay competitive. 84 on DK, 92 on FanDuel. Ivan Robb uh, used him the other night. And he was really good. He's 51 on DK, 6,300 on FanDuel. So he's got to play a big role tonight. Uh, so I will look at him. Price did go up on Yahoo. He's much cheaper. I think he was 10 or 12 uh, at center. So that's a real good savings to pay up for some of the superstars on the slate tonight. Jaron Jackson definitely in play as well as he's going to have to see big minutes. And we know he has big upside if he can stay out of foul trouble. Six on DK, 65 on FanDuel. And Justin Holiday is a guy that I've been avoiding, but he's played such big minutes. And I played him the other night, and he came through. So he's 52 on DK, 55 on FanDuel. So they're going to be really shorthanded tonight. Uh, it's probably going to be a blowout. That's the only concern. So I wouldn't load up on too much uh, Grizzlies. I'm probably leaning towards Rob and Jackson, though, because they're going to play big minutes regardless, uh, even if it is a blowout. So we did see, you know, the other night, same situation. And uh, I, I think I did use Holiday, Jackson, and Rob all in one lineup, and they were all good plays. So uh, the minutes are going to be there. I just uh, wouldn't play all of them uh, in one lineup. I don't think I'll do that because if they do get blown out or struggle or miss a lot of shots, then it could uh, hurt your lineup. But I definitely am going to use them. And uh, they should be pretty popular in cash games too. But uh, as of right now, I'll probably use one to two in a given line. I don't think I'm going to stock. But, again, we'll see if the build uh, continues uh, to look the same or if we get some last-minute scratches or surprise players that are in. Uh, for the Thunder, I mean, look, Westbrook and Georgia are always in play, but you got to spend up for them. And, again, the blowout is the big concern here. So that's what I'm a little bit worried about here. And, uh, you know, they could sit out, like, the whole fourth quarter, and even a portion of the third quarter. So they're always in play. Because even if they play three quarters, they can still put up big points. But 
Westbrook's 11-3 on DK, 12 on FanDuel. George is 10 on DK, 11-6 on FanDuel. So right now I'm leaning to maybe playing George in a tournament. He's usually always low-owned anyway, but there definitely is some risk there tonight, and you might be able to kind of – this might be a night where you can go with a uh, – a bit, you know, solid players across the board are. Maybe you could spend up for town. So a few different ways to go based on what we're seeing on this slate now. But don't think you have to play Westbrook and George tonight uh, just because it's pro it's going to be a blowout. I'm pretty sure of that. Lakers are at the Celtics. 227 is the Vegas total. Celtics favored by 8.5. Uh, Lakers obviously traded Beasley and Zubox today. Those guys weren't really making a major impact anyway. So... Tough match here against the Celtics, and you got to wonder, too, where the their heads are at after what happened last time. So, you know, LeBron James, he will play. So he's in play, 10-4 uh, in DK, 10-3 on Fandle. Uh, haven't really gravitated towards him yet. If you like the revenge narrative, right, Rajon Rondo going against his former team, 65 on DK, 61 on Fandle. Um, and Javal McGee could see big minutes tonight with Zubak on just uh, – Chandler behind them. So McGee's 45 on DK, 46 on FanDuel. Uh, for the Celtics, again, Kyrie Irving will play. Marcus Morris will return. Uh, so Kyrie was so cheap weeks ago. Now, 10-4 on FanDuel, 95 on DK. But he's been blowing up. So they rely on him a lot. So I would lean – I would consider him in tournaments. Uh Al Horford's a guy that I've been I've liked a lot lately, and it's a great matchup here. I just worry about, you know, will the game stay close? You know, there was a recent game where I played Horford, and, you know, he played 24 minutes, and he still produced, but it's a great matchup against the Lakers. So I'm probably going to get some exposure to him. I mean, he's 6'7 on DK, 75 on FanDuel. Uh, I think he's 27 on Yao. So, yeah, I do like Horford tonight. And for the rest of the Celtics, kind of more tournament plays. Jason Tatum's not bad. You know, this could be a matchup where – he plays well. I just don't tend to target a lot of the Celtics when they're completely healthy. It's usually just Kyrie Irving and Al Horford in the right matchup. So those are generally the, the guys I'm looking at right now when it comes to the Celtics. Spurs are at the Blazers tonight, 10.30 p.m. Eastern. Spurs sat LaMarcus Aldridge, DeRozan last night uh, as they got blown out by the Warriors, as we expected. And a lot of that Spurs value did not return uh, what we wanted. Uh, didn't have too much exposure to him. I think he used Bertans in one lineup and Bellinelli in another. So really didn't go too heavy on the Spurs last night. Vegas total 226.5. Uh, Blazers favored by six. Derek White and Lonnie Walker are out for the Spurs. So uh, we do know Aldridge and DeRozan will be back tonight. Uh, this is a, a revenge game for LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh they're okay. Don't I really don't love anyone on the Spurs tonight. Uh, Bertans, if he starts, 42 on DK, 43 on FanDuel is okay. Um, DeRozan's not that expensive, 76 DK, 79 on FanDuel. Uh, and Aldridge, 78 on DK, 85 on FanDuel. But I uh, really haven't found myself putting them in the lineups just yet. For the Blazers, Damian Lillard certainly in place, 86 on DK. Uh, definitely like him tonight. Uh, he's, you know, he's got a good matchup there. Uh C.J. McCollum is someone, I've mentioned it, I hate playing him, and his price has gone up. I mean, he has this game where he blows up, and he has been playing well, but, you know, if he's not scoring and his shot's not going down, he's not really going to help you in other areas. He's 7 on DK, 7,500 on FanDuel. Uh, Nurkic, someone you could look at, I think, in GPPs, 7-9 on DK, 87 on FanDuel. It looks like Rodney Hood 
uh, should play for uh, the team tonight as they just acquired him. Uh, you know, Alfarik Amino has not really been playing big minutes recently. Uh, so this is a team, too, where it's pretty much a use Lillard and Nurkic for the most part on this team. Uh, I think I did use McCollum when Lillard was out, but that doesn't happen very often. Lillard rarely sits. Uh, just real quickly, uh, I'll give you kind of an early look at our optimizer for those playing on DraftKings tonight. And when you hit the optimize button, uh, some of the players that it likes tonight include Damian Lillard, who I just spoke about. Of course, Jaron Jackson, who we said was nice value tonight. It does like Kyle Lowry, too. It's a great matchup against Atlanta, but as I've mentioned, I'm a little concerned about Lowry in this back injury, and he just hasn't really put up those high-ceiling games. I mean, in cash, he'll come through. I mean, he's 71 on DK, so you can get 5, 6x there. But in tournaments, I just don't see him having that big blow-up spot. So some good matchups here for Toronto tonight, and uh, definitely think you can uh, play Kawhi Leonard if you want to. I know he's been struggling lately, but I do think there's a – it's a spot where you might get him low-owned, and you just got to hope Atlanta can keep the game close for a little while. But you can check out all of the updates and articles, scoutdfs.com. As we get closer to lineup lock uh, optimizer, you can just hit refresh. It'll update, and also the Slack chat to help you with those final lineup decisions. But again, our draft kit, it is fire. Scoutfantasysports.com. Enter the promo code BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months. That wraps it up here. I'll be back Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern with Dr. Roto here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.